let's get into the Word today. We are continuing in our series called Breaking Free. Breaking Free. And in this series, we've been talking about the seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins. And, and you may ask yourself, well, what exactly is that? What are the seven deadly sins? That's pride, greed, envy, anger or wrath, if you will, lust, gluttony, laziness, kind of slothfulness. So these are the seven deadly sins that we've been talking about. And we said this, we said, look, man, you either have or you are dealing with one or more of these things. And the reason for that is why? Because behind every self-defeating behavior is a self-deceiving lie. Behind every self-defeating behavior is a self-deceiving lie. So because I'm willing to buy into a lie, there's a certain behavior that comes out of me. And oftentimes it comes out in one or more of these seven things. And so we said, hey, in order to be everything God's called us to be, we've got to what? We've got to break free. So today I want to talk about one of the issues I think that affects all of us. And it's the issue of envy. Envy. So, Father, we just thank you again for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, as we open up your words, speak to our hearts. Help us to hear from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Envy or jealousy. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to date myself, I know, but I don't really know the name of the movie. But I remember years ago there was a movie. And the, the, they were filming inside of this house, like the beautiful house, perfect house, perfect life, if you will. This house on the inside was full of people, and they're eating all kinds of good food, and they're laughing, and there's music playing in the background. And in another room, there may be someone dancing. And so it was just a picture of what you would call the perfect life. But on the outside of the house, there were some people that had their faces pressed against the window. And they were looking on the inside. And they were sitting there because they're outsiders. And there was a thought in their mind, if I can just have what they have. If I could be where they are. If I can eat what they're eating. And so all of this was happening. And I think oftentimes we deal with that. And the feeling that that is, is simply envy. It's envy. And nowadays, it's, it's like a hundred times worse, right? Because you got social media. Nothing wrong with social media. But when you look at social media, you're looking at everybody's highlight reel. Like everything that's happening is great, it's wonderful. And you're sitting here like, I can't believe it. There they are again. They're hanging out again. They're eating food again. They're at that restaurant again. And it's like all of this stuff. And you're like, man, they're on vacation again. They're on a cruise again. They're in the Bahamas again. Come on, somebody. They're in Hawaii. I've never been to Hawaii. Well, I'm never. I, when's the last time I've been on vacation? You know, if my spouse would work a little harder, maybe I could go too. And there's this little thing on the inside called envy. Something inside of us saying, I want that life. If, uh, I want the husband that can give me that. I want the wife that can do that for me. I want my kids to be that, look like that. It's all centered around that. 
that job, that life, I want that. That will satisfy me. That'll make me feel better. That'll make me look better. That will make my life better. And there's this endless pursuit on the inside. And the Bible says it's what kills our soul and destroys our relationship with God. What is it? It's envy. It's envy. And so think about it. What exactly is envy? Like if we were to put a definition on envy, what what would it be? Well, let's look at that real quick. So here's, here's kind of a working definition, if you will, of envy. It is a sorrow which one entertains at another's well-being because of a view that one's own excellence is in consequence lessened. Turn to somebody and say, wow, that's a mouthful. So let's break it down. Let's read it again. A sorrow which one entertains. I'm mad at another's well-being. I'm mad because of you. I'm mad because you have what I don't have. I resent you for having what I don't have. So I'm looking at my own life and my life seems lessened by yours. So in other words, we're sad that something good is happening to somebody else. Aristotle once said this, he defined envy as this. He said, it's, it's pain at the sight of another good's fortune, stirred by those who have what we ought to have. So you've got something, and I see it, and I want it, and I'm mad because I don't have it, and you got it, so I resent you for it. That's envy. That's envy. But where did that start? Like, like, where did that just come from? Well, in order to find that out, you've got to go all the way back in the book of Genesis to Adam and Eve. Where God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and it's paradise, it's amazing, it's wonderful. And they said, man, listen, no sickness, no death. You can eat of anything in this forest you want. This is the garden, you can have it, pluck it off and eat it, it's great. But there's one thing I'm going to tell you to stay away from. That tree right there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Stay away from that. And what did Adam and Eve do? Adam and Eve walked around and said, You know what? I bet you there's something better than what we've been given. I bet you there's something that tastes better than what we have. Look at at the fruit on that tree. That fruit looks better than anything we've been given. I think we'll go for that. And it was envy that made the Garden of Eden not enough. And that's the point of envy, because envy is one of these things, like it's so natural for us to fall into, and we barely even think about it, and yet it's so deadly, and it's killing us. There's a quote that says this, comparison kills contentment in our lives. Comparison kills contentment in our life, and if we're honest with ourselves, that's what we want, right? We all want to be content. We all want to be satisfied. We all want to wake up one morning and breathe in and say, God, thank you. I don't have anything else. I'm good. But then we start comparing ourselves. Then we start looking at what that person has and that person. And then the commercials. Come on, somebody. The commercials come on. And the commercials, what are they saying? Hey, if you get this, it'll improve your life. What's wrong with your life now, yo? You got a roof over your head, you got clothes on your back, you got food on the table, you got a family that loves you. Yeah, but that thing right there. Man, like if you can have that mixer, girlfriend, come on, you can make them biscuits. Holler at me. If you can have that, if you can have that. And there's this false picture of the good life. And it's this nagging 
feeling that when you don't have that thing, that shiny thing, that bigger thing, that better thing, then your life is somehow behind. And so it's envy. And this envy is, is constant. It's like I, I want that thing all the time. And the Bible says that's what's destroying us. So let's look at some scriptures in the Bible that, that kind of tell us a little bit about this thing called envy. Again, let's go all the way back to Genesis. And again, we've already started with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Envy made the garden not enough. But let's fast forward a little bit. Because envy really is what led to anger which led to Cain killing his brother Abel. Why? Because Cain was envious that God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but didn't accept his. And it was envy that caused anger to stir up and caused him to attack his brother. Let's fast forward to Exodus, if you will. Exodus, Moses is coming off the top of the mountain, Charleston Heston, the, the hair, the beard, the tablets, and he's walking and he's reading the Ten Commandments and he gets to the Tenth Commandment. And what is the Tenth Commandment? Thou shall not covet. Don't be envious. Don't be jealous. Don't long for your neighbor's stuff. The wife, the service, and all that. Okay, so let's fast forward to Psalms. Psalms chapter 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or what? Be envious of those who do wrong. Don't be envious of those who do wrong. And the reason why it's in there, it's in the Bible, is because we have a tendency of doing that. We have a tendency of looking at everybody around us, and we're like, man, they don't know God. They don't come to church. They don't honor God. And yet they've got everything seemingly that they want. Their life is perfect. Their kids comb their own hair. Like how in the world could this happen? And we're envious. But God said, hey, wait a minute. Don't be envious of that. It may look fun, but the Bible says it'll kill you. So you got to run from it. Let's fast forward into the New Testament. Matthew chapter 27, verse 18. Here's Pilate, and he's, he's washing his hands. And, and what's he thinking in all of this? Well, verse 18 says, He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. You understand? It was envy that literally killed Jesus. Let's fast forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. How am I controlled by my sinful nature? Because you are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? So because of envy, because of jealousy, we're being controlled by a spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. And we're living like the people in the world. Well, let's fast forward to Galatians real quick. Galatians chapter 5, verse 26. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. This, this, this word, right, just keeps coming up over and over and over again in the Scriptures. And here's the bottom line to all of this, guys. As long as we live by the culture's standards, as long as we're always trying to satisfy the desires of our flesh, as long as we're trying to live for the applause of man, then we're always going to struggle with seven deadly sins. And I am convinced that envy is the root of all of them. 
Envy's the root of all of them. And so you may be asking yourself, well, Pastor, I mean, I, I, I hear all that, I get it, but come on, man, what's the big deal? Like, what is the big deal of envy? What, why is it so bad? Let me give you three things really quick today, and then we're going to talk about how to overcome it. Here's the first one. Why is envy so bad? Why is it such a big deal? Because it causes conflicts. It causes conflicts. James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? That jealous, envious thing inside of you. And it's causing misery to come into your life. It's causing conflicts to come into your life. It's kind of like I know best of friends and, and everything's good until one gets something the other one don't have. How many of you have more than one child at your house? Come on, how many of you got four or more kids at your house? See, y'all need to get you some more kids, amen? But anyway, it's like if you got more than one child, come on, how many of you know at Christmas time, at birthday time, Thanksgiving, if one gets a chicken leg and the other one don't, or a turkey leg and the other one don't, World War Three just broke out in your house. Why? Because if somebody's got something that the other one don't have, and relationships tend to break down. Now, I remember when I was growing up, uh, I was, grew up in a, in a trailer park. Come on, anybody ever grew up in a trailer park? Fun times in a trailer park, great times in a trailer park. And this was years ago, so there was no... You know, the only thing we had was an Atari. Come on. And, and it was table tennis. Anybody ever remember some table tennis on Atari? Come on, like, bink, bink, bink. Man, it was the best thing since sliced bread. And I would sit there all day, bink, bink. It was crazy. So how many of you know you get pretty bored with some Atari real quick? So we used to play a game in the trailer park called King of the Mountain. Has anybody ever played King of the Mountain? Thank you for the two of you that are old enough to remember. Amen. Three of you. Amen. I got you. King of the Mountain. In the trailer park, at the back of the trailer park, there was a big mound of dirt. And we all would play King of the Mountain. And there was one guy in the neighborhood that none of us really liked. Because he was bigger than everybody. And his name was Robbie. Love you, Robbie, if you're watching. Amen. But you know how you were. But anyway... He would stand on that mountain, and all of us were like twigs, man. We were, and he's like throwing this one, throwing it, and we were so mad at that guy. So then we just said, man, let's just play dirty. So we would grab some dirt on the way up and be like, boom, throw it in his eyes. We dethroned Robbie, amen? <laughs> but when Robbie fell off, we were looking like, all right. Who's the next king? You know, it's amazing that as adults, we still play that game. Only the bruises get worse. It causes conflicts if you allow envy to stir in you. Here's the second thing it does. It makes us miserable. Miserable on the inside. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, it says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy, what does it do? It rots the bones. Envy will literally cause you physical pain. 
It will cause you physical pain. Envy is like a parasite that will suck the life right out of you. So where you're sitting there and somebody gets blessed by God and you're sitting there thinking, well, that's not fair. They always get the brace. How come I never get anything? They're always the lucky one. And that envy starts feeding those feelings and it's eating you up in the process and it makes you miserable. Here's the third reason why envy is such a big deal and what it causes us to do. It sets the stage for other sins. It sets the stage for other sins. This, this is kind of the setup. Envy is the setup, right? James chapter 3, verse 16, where you find what? Envy and selfish ambition. There you will find this, disorder and every evil practice. It all starts with envy. And that's what I'm trying to say to you today, that, that if, if every sin that we struggle with can more easily be overcome if we can get a handle on this one. Think about pride. I mean, pride, what does it do? It goes before the fall. Pride is that attitude that says, it's all about me. I want you to talk about me. It's all about what I want. Well, the root of that is envy. It's that envious, jealous spirit coming out. What about lust? I'm not content with what God has given me. My spouse, my husband, and my wife. I'm not content with if I'm a single girlfriend, boyfriend, fiance. Because every time I walk around, I see somebody that may look better or somebody I think is better. And so envy causes lust. What about greed? It's, it's ignoring what we already have and being thankful for what God has given us. And it's giving in to that spirit that says, I just need that thing. That one more thing. That's, that's greed, envy causing that. What about anger? It's that envy rising up like it did in Cain. Envy, I'm mad because you have something I don't have. And so I'm just going to blow what you got up. Envy leads to anger. The point is, overcoming envy, really, if you think about it, guys, becomes the bottom line in life you got to be willing to overcome envy. So how do I do that? I, I, I know what it, what it costs me. I know why this is, this is a big deal. But how do I overcome envy? I want to give you the five R's real quick today. Five R's on overcoming envy. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Let me also kind of put in a plug for the Bridge app. You can get that, download that to your phone. You can pull up Smithfield, go to notes, and everything that's on my notes is, will be in there for you. Here's the first way on how to overcome envy. Number one, resist comparing yourself to others. Resist comparing yourself to others. Galatians chapter 6 verse 4. Each person should judge his own actions and what? Not compare himself with others. Remember the quote that I told you at the beginning of the message. Comparison kills contentment in our life. So comparing is the root of envy. If envy is the root of the seven deadly sins, comparing is the root of envy. What do I mean by that? How many of you remember when you were in seventh grade? You were in seventh grade, Christmas time rolled around, what would you get? If you were a boy, you got a Huffy bike. Come on, anybody remember a Huffy bike? Got you some spokes on the Huffy bike, what did you do? You took a deck of playing cards, taped it to your bar, so that you can get a what? Brrr, come on, does anybody feel my pain in the house today? 
Come on, you got you a Huffy bike. It was the best bike ever. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Then you grew up and you got your first new home. Come on, somebody. Had you some shag carpet in there. Come on, anybody remember that? Come on, I know I'm dating myself today. Had you a little shag carpet in there. Had you some countertop. It was for Micah, but it was a countertop. Amen. It was your best house ever. Then you, then you fast forward a little bit, and then you got your first brand new computer, and it was a MacBook Air. Come on, somebody. And you were feeling like the best person ever until you started comparing. See, that Huffy bike with the spokes and the card in it was great until your friend pulled up with a BMX bike. And he didn't have spokes. He had mag wheels that lit up. Come on, somebody. And he had the pegs in the front and the back to do tricks with. Now you're not satisfied with your Huffy anymore. And what about your new home? You were fine until you walked into your friend's home and they got hardwood floors and you got shag. And they've got marble countertops you got for Michael, but you were okay with that until you walked on the back deck and saw the jacuzzi. And now your house is no good anymore. you like, I, I can't deal with it. And your MacBook Air was the best thing since sliced bread until your friend shows up with a MacBook Pro. Comparing. Comparing. And it opened the door to envy. You've got to resist comparing yourself. Here's the second R. Recognize your uniqueness. Recognize the uniqueness that, that God has given to you. Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 and 14. What does the psalmist say? You made, he's talking about God. You made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's body. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. God made you to be unique. And we've all heard this saying before, but I think it, it, it is worth repeating. You're not one in a million, you're one in seven billion. Right? We've all heard that before. Listen, you're not just a pair of Levi's. You're not just a pair of Wranglers. You're not just a pair of Old Navy jeans. You are a pair of designer jeans. Like God made you to be you, and there will never be another one like you. Turn to your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. <laughs> the point of all of this is envy is an expression of inferiority. It says, I'm insecure about who I am, but if I could just be like that person, I'd be better. Can I tell you how the circle works? Are you ready for the circle? So let's say, let's say Aiden is coming up. And Aiden's cool. He looks good. He's, he's, he's contemporary. He's, he's got it going on. But secretly, Aiden's trying to be like Billy. Because Billy dresses right. Billy talks right. Billy walks a certain way. Billy is eating certain things. So Aiden's trying to be like Billy. But Aiden don't realize that Billy's trying to be like John. And John's, he's, again, he's got it going on. He's listening to certain music. He's doing this. And everybody's trying to be like John. But what they don't realize is John's trying to be like Sam. And Sam's over here and he looks like he's got it together. And he's doing that. But what Aiden don't realize, what Billy don't realize, what John don't realize, and what Sam don't realize is that everybody sees it. But Sam's trying to be like Aiden. And there is a vicious cycle of everybody trying to be like everybody else. But you have to be you. 
Accept who you are because no one else in the world is like you. Psalms chapter 139 verse 16. Watch what it says. It says, God, you saw me before I was born and scheduled every day of my life before I begin to breathe. God created you, shaped you, formed you, made you to be you. You can't pretend to be somebody else and expect the blessings of God on your life. Because if you're not you, who's going to be you? You've got to be you. And when you deal with this spirit of envy, realizing that I am who God's made me to be helps me to break free from that. Here's the third way on how to break free, overcome envy. I've got to learn to rejoice in what I have. Rejoice in what I have. Have you ever been so concerned about what you don't have that you forgot to be grateful for what you do have? Anybody feel me? Men folk, help me in the house. Your wife comes home and she's like, I just, I got nothing to wear. I got no shoes. And I'm like, I've got a section in my closet. A section. You got the whole floor in the closet with shoes and you got nothing to wear? I'm going to leave that one alone right now. But anyway, Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 9, let me show you. It is better, watch this, to see what you have than to want more. Why? Because wanting more is what? It's useless. It's like chasing the wind. Happiness is not based on acquisition. You get that, right? It, it, it's, not, it's not, you know, I see you and think if I just had that, if I could get that, then I'd be happy one day. Because here's the truth. The truth is you're looking at me thinking the same thing and we're both wrong. Which is why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, I've learned something. This, this is something you got to learn. It doesn't come natural. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. And again, being content does not come naturally because we all have areas of discontent. We see it all the time. We see all the skinny guys at the gym drinking weight gainer trying to get thick. We see all the thick people living on celery and carrots trying to get thin. We see all the people with a really thick head of hair waking up every morning thinking, man, I wish I didn't have all this hair. Then you see the bald head folks like myself talking about, I wish I had that hair. And then you see the couple on the porch and they're sitting there and the single guy walks by and he's looking and he's like, man, if I could just have that in my life. The guy on the porch is looking at him saying, dude, I wish I could be him one more time. Then you got the janitor in the big house and he's looking at the CEO thinking, man, if I could just have his salary, if I can just have his car, I'd have the good life. And the CEO is looking at the janitor saying, man, if I could just get back to the simple life. And it's a constant battle of never being content. And there's this desire for more and more and more. And listen, I'm not saying that's wrong. It's not wrong to, to look at something and say, you know what, I'd like to have one of those one day. I'd like to be as knowledgeable as he or she is one day. I'd like to, I'd like to be as spiritually mature as he or she is one day. That, that's not what I'm talking about. But, but envy is when you wish he or she didn't have what they had because you don't have it. And they have it, and you resent them for having it. That's envy, and that's what eats us alive. The key to contentment, hear me guys, is understanding that God has already provided 
all that I need for my current happiness. Let me say that again. God has already provided all that I need for my current happiness. So again, rejoice in what I have. Here's the fourth one. Respond to others in love. Respond to others in love. How many of you have ever been to a wedding before? You ever been to a wedding and you're looking at the beautiful couple and most every wedding I've done or I've been to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 has always been read. You know, love is faithful, love is kind, and it's all about love. But, but there's this one little part that we tend to miss because we're so fixated on the couple. Love does not do what? It does not envy. You understand you can't envy someone and truly love someone at the same time. And what are we called to do? Matthew chapter 23, 22, excuse me, verse 39. We are called to love our neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, some people don't love themselves. And as a result, they leave a trail of hurt and pain in their path. Why? Because hurting people... Always hurt people. Always. And so we've got to get healthy emotionally. We've got to get healthy spiritually. We've got to resign as the CEO of our life. We've got to have Jesus Christ to come in. Take up residence in us. And then and only then are we able to respond to other people in love. How many of you know that, that, that person? If they're in here, don't you dare look at them. That person that, that's got everything... That person that's done everything you've done, only they've done it better. They've got everything you've got, only they got the t-shirt and you don't. Come, woo, I'm about to step on some toes up in this house today. Hey, you know people that don't look at them. Don't look at them, whatever you do. Don't put their name in the chat box. I'm telling you, don't do that. Amen? Do you understand that God loves them just as much as he loves you? So what's the practical application behind all of this? Romans chapter 12, verse 15 Tells us what we are to do. Rejoice with them that rejoice. And weep with them that weep. See, envy is the exact opposite. Envy rejoices when we stumble. But let me let you in on a little secret. You'll never get all of the joy in life that God wants you to have unless you learn to rejoice when others succeed. Like, be happy for people. You don't have it yet, so what? Be happy for people. Love people. Celebrate with people. Man, enjoy people. Listen, the secret really of of happiness in your life is sharing joy. Like, man, you're not going to believe this is what happened to Brian, and this is what happened to to Kevin, and this is what happened to Gary. You're not going to believe how all this stuff was working. It's learning to rejoice with other people. Here's the fifth one. The final R on how to break free. And that is refocus on the eternal, not the temporary. Refocus on the eternal, not the temporary. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your mind, what? On things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You got to start looking at life from God's perspective. See, really, most of what envy is, is temporary. You know, it's, it's, it's that mindset that said, if I could just have that thing, that thing, that thing will last forever. But we all know that's not true. 
And I'm not saying it's wrong to go after things. It's wrong to desire things. I'm not saying that. But if that's what you're living for, you're living for something that will not last. It won't last. The key to overcoming envy is to get focused off the temporary and refocus on the eternal and start living your life for the audience of one. Live your life for Jesus. When you do that, the comparing and the competition and all of that begins to fade away. And then it doesn't matter who gets the accolades. It doesn't matter who gets the success. It doesn't matter who gets the stuff and the things. Because how many of you know, it's not going to matter a hundred years from now anyway. It's not going to matter. You say, well, Pastor Man, that sounds nice. But man, life isn't fair. You know what? You're absolutely right. It's not. But God never said it would be fair. God's will, let me help you with something, is not going to always be done on earth. As much as we want it to be, it's not going to always be done on earth. Sometimes the bad guy wins. Sometimes the dishonest people get away with it. But all of that's for now. Here's what we have to focus on. Proverbs 23, 17 and 18. Don't envy sinners... But always respect the Lord. Then you will have hope for the future. Man, stop being so concerned that life isn't fair. It's not. It's not fair. But you understand the books aren't closed yet. You understand that the bottom line has not been totaled yet. One day God is going to settle score. We have to choose to serve Jesus and live for Him and realize that this place right here, man, I'm just passing through. The Bible says life is like a vapor, guys. We're here today and gone tomorrow. Now, Miss Amy Jump, who watched us online faithfully, her family attends here. And this past Monday, she went in for what some may consider basic surgery. And she didn't come out. She slipped into eternity at 50 years of age. Don't get so caught up in what's going on right now. Don't get so caught up in, in life being fair or not fair. Listen. One day God's going to settle the score. So I don't have to worry about righting every wrong that takes place. I can't. The fact is, people with less character, people with less commitment, people with less honesty, guess what? They may get in line ahead of you. But don't be envious of them. You live your life for the audience of one. Because your future is bright, your future is secure, and God's going to take care of you. So what do I have to focus on? What's my job? My job is the five R's. To resist comparing. To recognize my uniqueness. To rejoice in what God has already blessed me with. To respond to others in love. And to refocus my values on things that last, not things that are temporary. So I'll break the back of envy. Get it off my life. So where are you at today? If you're watching online, where are you at? Is this something that you deal with? Is this something that you may 
you may kind of struggle with? Or is this something that, that you never even thought about, but deep down inside you're like, man, yeah, I, I, I can see that happening. Listen, man, God wants to help you to break free. There's nothing wrong with, with, with looking at someone and saying, man, you know, I'd, I'd like to have that one day. We've already talked about that. But why am I going to resent a person for the blessings of God on their life? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come up beside them. I'm like, dude, let's, let me take you to lunch. What's going on in your life? How's things working for you? To talk to me a little bit. I'm not going to be envious of them. I'm going to celebrate with them. Take them out to lunch, and here's, here's kind of a shocker for you. You pay. Right? Like you pay. You buy. Do that. But don't let envy run your life. Don't let it control you. Because it will eat you on the inside and you'll never be satisfied. You'll never be content. Be content. Stand with me all over the house today. Turn to somebody and say, you got to be content. You got to be content. But you understand that that only comes from God. That only comes from Him. For me to genuinely and truly love you and care about you, I've got to have God in my heart and in my life. Why? Because the Bible says God is love. So without Him, I can't have it. Men, let me tell you something. Let me just speak to your heart real quick. Man, if you've got a roof over your head and you got some clothes on your back and you got a good family around you, gentlemen, be content. Be content. I know a lot of guys, we're, we're driven, right? We're driven. We, we want it. We got it. I need that level. I need that. I need that success. And I'm saying, I'm saying there's anything wrong with that. But don't let that drive you. Be content. Be satisfied. Be happy with what God has blessed you with. Ladies. Man, if you got a good man, I didn't say a great one, I said a good one. Come on, let's just be real, amen? If you got a good man, if you could train him a little bit, you can make him into what you need him to be. Be content. Be content. Father, don't let envy ruin our lives. Don't let us get caught up in the The whole, that life is better than mine. Don't let us get caught up in that. You have blessed us with so many blessings we can't even count them on. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the grace and the mercy that you bestow upon us on a daily basis. And Father, right now, we just open our hearts to you. And Lord, we just pray that you'll help us to break free. Help us to not buy into these lies. The lies of the enemy. Because, Lord, when we buy into those lies, our, our, our character, the way we act, the way we think, all of that changes when we buy into a lie. Help us to buy into you. Help us to live our lives for the audience of one. So that we can keep praising you and worshiping you and be thankful, God, for what you have given to us. Don't you keep your heads bowed for a moment. Maybe you're in here today and you say, Pastor, maybe you're online. 
You say, Pastor, man, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I've got some difficulties in my life. There's some things I'm, I'm wrestling with. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's something else. Pastor, would you pray for me? Could you just slip a hand up right now? Just, Pastor, pray for me. Seize all the hands. Pray for me. Pray for me. If you're online, Pastor, pray for me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know where your people are. You know what they're going through. You know what they're up against. And so, Lord, right now, we just pray blessings on them. God, I pray that you'll remove every barrier, break down every wall, loose every chain to help us to walk in freedom, help us to break free from these things that hinder us, these things that bind us, and help us to live our lives for you in Jesus' name. Now, let me ask you a question. Maybe you slipped in here this morning. Maybe you're watching online. And you say, Pastor... Man, I hear what you're talking about. I hear you said that I need to resign as CEO, that I need to ask God in my heart. I've never done that before. Listen, that's the starting point. Before you can break free from anything, you've got to be willing to give God your heart. You've got to be willing to go all in for Him. Look, there's no half-step in here. You got to go all in. So if you're serious with God, He's serious with you. Online, in the house today. If you say, Pastor, I'm ready to go all in. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Would you just, if you're in the house, slip a hand up real quick. Slip a hand up. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to give Him everything I've got. If you're watching online, right there in the chat box, say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this day. Thank you for these moments. Thank you for this group of people. Help us to be everything you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, and everybody in the house said amen. Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house today, guys.